Hello everyone, Adrian here, and thank you for tuning in to Between the Bedside and the Boardroom, a conversation without titles, hierarchies, office or unit politics or drama, a podcast where we have tough, candid, and transparent discussions about what is really going on in healthcare, how are we going to heal from the last few years, disrupt the status quo, and use our collective knowledge, expertise, and the sheer volume in our numbers to create the urgent change we need in healthcare in America. Thank you for listening. It's time we unplug and plug healthcare back in again, one conversation at a time. Hi, and thanks for joining me today for a quick conversation. Well, rather, a quick solo episode. I've been thinking a lot about leadership failures and recovering from them and all of my failures. Now, there's plenty of information in theory about failing fast and often and how to pivot those into learnings and successes. We all know and have heard that when you fail, it's, that's when you tend to learn and grow the most. We don't always learn when we've had huge successes. Often we do, but we tend to learn a lot more when we, um, when we fail or when we don't have instant success. And we also know that in a just culture with true psychological safety, people are able and willing to speak up and say, hey, I made a mistake or hey, I almost made a mistake. There's no shortage of content about the importance of learning and acknowledging from your mistakes and failures. One of the experts in this space, Simon Sinek, doesn't like using the word failure. He likes using the word falling. But he talks about the fact that what's important is in how you get up from the failure. And frankly, I agree. But I also think that if you're not falling or failing, whatever you want to call it, it's probably because we're, we're not innovating enough or testing the boundaries. We're maybe getting complacent and we're living in our comfort zones so we don't fail. I, so I thought I'd try something new. So every episode, I'm going to share a brief failure and I certainly have a plethora to choose from, of what me or the person I'm having a conversation with learned from said failure. As you know, I'm a nurse, and I think most of you listening to this are also nurses or in healthcare. And we often talk about how speaking up when we make a mistake is not only important, but it can literally mean life or death for a patient. So in just cultures that are safe and trusting, it's wildly accepted, and should be celebrated when someone acknowledges their failure. In my experience, we learn best about hearing stories. Um, So my hope is that by sharing these failures, if you will, it'll be an additional perspective to consider. So with that, my failure this week, well, one of them, was in how I inadvertently created a giant halt, like a brick wall, to the momentum of a very dedicated Um, team, one of my teams, on a project that they were working on. What I meant to do was push pause and see how I could support and add steam to their quick moving train because they they were on, they had great momentum and I was fully and 100% supportive and I still am of their project. However, there's a, there was a risk to consider, and I wasn't sure that they had thought of it, and I wanted to make sure that we had a mitigation strategy. And, of course, one of the biggest culprits in this whole interaction was email communication. However, something that I took for granted was in my response, and that's where my aha came from. 
So in brief, the situation was that I had a, a small group working on a project within my team and they CC'd me on an email. And although I was well-intended, I was multitasking and without pausing, I reacted and I responded to the group, something to the effect of, hey, great idea, before you move forward, let's pause so we can connect. And without thinking twice, I moved on to my next, next task, feeling super efficient and getting my emails done, but I was completely missing what was happening on the other end of that email, which was me inadvertently taking the wind out of their sails. What I later learned is that members of that team immediately got concerned that they had done something wrong and they started to worry and second guess themselves and all of the incredible work that they had done. Now, other members of the team who received the email brushed it off and they responded by texting me saying, hey, when can we connect? So why the different responses? Well, the members of the team who my response landed poorly with are members that I haven't had the opportunity to build enough credit with. Have you ever heard the bank account analogy in terms of relationships? I heard this from a physician I used to work with and it's always resonated with me. He described relationships in a metaphor like bank accounts and you have to keep depositing into the account, AKA having good interactions before you inevitably withdraw or take a debit, AKA bad or short interactions. Now we're bound to make debits and withdrawals, but the trick is to make sure you've had enough you have enough in your account to not overdraw. Now, I don't think I had made too many withdrawals with these team members. I just hadn't made any deposits. So when they read my email, it felt really heavy, like a big debit to keep using that analogy. And what it did do was disengage them from the work when they thought that I had concerns or didn't like the direction that they were going. Now, when you're trying to change the world, like most of my team and all of you listening to this are trying to do, what you can't afford is to lose engagement on a from a brilliant group of team members like I had have. Now, luckily for me, I had made some deposits with other members of the team. So when they heard from their colleagues that there were concerns about my response, they were able to speak to other interactions that they had with me. And they could say with some pretty good confidence that they were pretty sure I just wanted to learn more. But even more luckily for me, they shared that feedback. The last thing I was trying to do was halt their momentum, but in not taking the time to consider how they might feel when they got that quick email response back from me with the in response to their work that they were so excited about and without the context and awareness that I too am excited and over the moon supportive. I took some big withdrawals from that relationship account and more importantly, I slowed down their momentum. My learning from this experience was to be intentional about making deposits. There's no greater time investment in my opinion because I'm gonna get it wrong again. I'm gonna be in a hurry again, I'll be tired, something will come up and I'm going to make another misstep. So I'll need to fall back on that trust that I've built in that investment of time and relationship building. Also, a learning for me was to think about how a short email response of, hey, let's connect, might feel to someone who put a lot of thought and energy into their original email. They poured their heart into this and to get such a short response back. 
it's, it was a good reminder to me about how that might feel to them and the impact that it had. I wonder if I would have taken the time to say something like, well, this is phenomenal work. I want to learn more. I'd love to be a part of this. I have a few questions, mostly surrounded around how I can support you. Can we talk tomorrow? Or better yet, what would have happened if I would have just called them and had a conversation in the moment? The cost of my multitasking and my quick response was a big debit and a derailing of the train and taking some wind out of their sails. So it's going to take the team to rebuild that momentum, but I'm really confident that they're going to, and I'm excited to see where this project goes. Now, the other side of this story and the final learning I'll share is that because of those credits that I had built with some of the other members of the team, they afforded me a huge, huge gift, which was grace and feedback. They told me how my email was received, and that gave me the luxury of being able to reflect and learn because of that, I take this failure with humility and gratitude and the ability to move forward and recover with the team in a way that I think will continue to build trust. Also, if you're counting, it was totally not my goal to put in every single leadership metaphor into this story. I think I talked about trains and bank accounts and sales, but um that may be a record, so thanks for staying with me on this uh, storytelling journey of self-reflection. Now, on to another topic for this conversation, which I wanted to share with you, which was some pretty remarkable career advice that I received a couple months ago. I found myself at a work-related dinner with eight other individuals who had a vast and diverse amount of experience in mostly, but not entirely, um, of the healthcare industry. Now, imposter syndrome hit in when we were talking and I was hearing their stories and learning about their experiences. Have you ever been somewhere and you think, well, I hope they don't figure out that I'm at the wrong table? Well, after about 10 minutes of spinning in my head, saying things like, don't say the wrong thing, don't do this, don't tell dumb, cheesy jokes, uh, you know, that internal monologue that we've all had. So I let myself sit in that for, you know, a good 10 minutes or so, took some deep breaths, channeled every growth and development book I've ever read, and I stopped the chatter. And I'm so lucky I did because it enabled me to enjoy the company. At some point in the dinner, I don't know why, I had this idea and I ended up asking one of the individuals who had just retired from a very successful career for some career advice. Now, I could have given you a thousand assumptions of what this very accomplished and former CEO would have said, and I would have never guessed what his answer would have been. He took a second and he said, my advice is to follow your heart and don't ignore your instincts. He then very generously proceeded to share a couple of stories of when he listened to his instincts and when he didn't, and how every time that he chose to trust himself and follow his heart, even when it led to him not taking a promotion, not taking on a project, it always ended up being the right move. I was remarkably inspired and grateful for his candid vulnerability. Then he surprised me even more. And he said, well, what about you? What career advice do you have for us? Now, insert imposter syndrome voice again. She came back louder this time and I hesitated, which, for me, being quiet or speechless is not usually an initial response. 
So I said the first thing that came to my mind, which ended up being a very true and genuine answer from me. I said, my advice is to always speak up, even when it's uncomfortable. And even when you have a different perspective from everyone else, don't be silent. We then sort of organically just went around the table and everyone shared their advice. And now I get to share my learnings with you. Some of it's really simple and yet really profound. And I know I needed these reminders. So here are the additional seven best pieces of career advice I have received over dinner with some great company. In no particular order, number one, have fun. Take your job, but not yourself seriously. Number two, take risks. Number three, have confidence. Enough to scare yourself every once in a while. Number four, say yes and be courageous to try new things. Number five, stay true to your values. Number six, believe in yourself even when other people don't. Number seven, when the fork in the road happens, just make the decision, then do your best and stick with it. Now what I did not hear was anything about productivity or reporting efficiency, email management, and certainly nothing about multitasking. All of those things, they matter. Well, maybe not the multitasking, but all of those things really matter. But time and time again, what often makes the most powerful impact is how we show up for ourselves and others. What I was reminded was that true authentic leadership takes courage and that's what's really gonna make a difference. And what I also learned is a good reminder that when we silence the inner chatter of not being enough, like I felt that night, but when we silence that inner chatter, we might just be a part of, and I say this with humility, might contribute to some pretty amazing conversation. The other lesson from this night was that darn pause again. Here was this person who I was admiring based on their accomplishments and their genuine follow your heart advice. What a positive impact he had on me when he paused and asked me for my perspective. Talk about putting the wind in my sails. Tying in the difference, what a stark contrast of stories and the difference a pause or a lack of pause can make and the impact you can have on your interactions with others. Going back to my advice and speaking up as one of the individuals at the table paraphrased it, being a truth teller and a storyteller is important. I'll close with saying I'm very excited for some upcoming conversations about leadership, shopping for your boss, efficiency versus effectiveness, and many, many more great conversations. I'm thrilled for you to hear these stories and perspectives. And if you have something you're passionate about talking about, please reach out. Um, you can please reach out on Instagram at adrianmcdougal84 or via email get the conversation started at gmail.com. Thank you for listening. And as always, I appreciate you.